to Three Friends in a Book. Number three. I am. This is pod number three. I'm Holly. I'm Janine. And I'm Caroline. And we are three friends. We are friends. Who love to read. I'm really glad we're friends, too, by the way, everybody. Y'all are sweet. Oh. Do you not appreciate us? You're not glad we're friends? I am glad we're friends. Okay. (laughs) Now that we got that out of the way. (laughs) This is our third podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to us on iTunes and... You can go onto iTunes and you can rate us. Five stars only, please. <laughs> please. And you can review us. If you us. don't like us, just be quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> um, and so what we do here is we um, read books that we enjoy. Some we don't. We try. And then we talk about them. We like to have conversations about them. Because one of our favorite quotes is from Hannah Arendt about uh, the things of this world become more human for us only when we can discuss them with our fellows we humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it and in the course of speaking of it we learn to be human before we get started are you guys reading anything else have you read anything in the past couple of weeks that you've enjoyed besides the f- friends in the garden girls in the garden <laughs> <laughs> she just made this really personal I did. <laughs> um a gentleman of moscow in Moscow. In Moscow. Is that what it is? Yeah. In Moscow. It's great. Yeah, I read that. It's good. What about you, Caroline? I don't know anything about that. Um, no, I've just been trying to read The Girls in the Garden <laughs> and a bunch of essays. Oh, true. And you've, it's a, and it's you've been talking Life of Pi. Life of Pi in class. Um, so, no. Mm-mm. Okay. I think I read the latest Greg Isles book recently. Yep. I've, been, I've been thinking I should read some Michael Connolly. I've never read any Michael Connolly. Do you read Michael Connolly? What has he written? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, but it's, I, I think it's like murder, mystery, police, crime beat. Yeah, stuff. it is. I probably like that. Um, but he keeps coming up in journalism stuff. So that's why his name crossed my path. Okay. All right. So our latest book. The Girls in the Garden. Caroline, do you want to get a, give us a little summary? On a midsummer night. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I was about to hold that together. On a midsummer night, as a festive neighborhood party is taking place, preteen Pip discovers her 13-year-old sister, Grace, lying unconscious and bloody in a hidden corner of a lush rose garden. What really happened to her? And who is responsible? Wow. <laughs> so, so the thing that we're... I was trying to sell that. <laughs> you messed it up. The thing of this world that we're trying to understand this time is crime. Crime. Mm-hmm. So the setting of this book is basically there are four families, and they live in this communal area. And some of them live in really big houses. Some of them live in small apartments. What kind of area? Communal. Oh, okay. What did you think I said? I don't know. Communal. And it's about their their lives and this crime that happens um, here in this communal area. And the author of the book is Lisa Jewell. And this is her 13th novel. And one of the things that we talked about is we have not read any of her books. Mm-mm. I think I'm going to read some other ones, though. Yeah. They look good. Um, it she's a, a British author. And she got the idea for the book because apparently her home backs up to a communal garden and park area. And I think she just envisioned this story happening in that area did you guys enjoy the the britishness of the book the kind of british turns of phrase and yes i had to look up what a cordial was Uh because they all drink cordial and i didn't know what that was yeah i always like british authors 
Mm-hmm. Nick Hornsby liked all of his books, and then the girl who wrote um, Bridget Jones and the Helen Shopaholic books. Oh, you know that's what I'm reading right now is her new one that Sophia my not so perfect life. We mentioned doing that one as a podcast. Okay, well I'm reading it. Do you like it right now? I'm yes. I mean it is going to be very light yeah. reading, but yes. I always kind of like the. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the rhythm of British books. I feel like there's like a just kind of a. There's a, pa- there's a pace to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the language or the... Do you think they're somehow less emotional? That they're not as gothic? I think they don't try as hard. Mm. Like, I think even if they if they end up, you know, there, I, it, it, it always feels more... Um, natural is not the right word, but it just doesn't feel like the author's trying as hard. Mm. Okay. To, to 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 tell you how to feel yeah. or something. I don't know. Anyway. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we start with Grace, who is um, Claire's the mom. We have Grace and Pip, who are new to the area. Their father had this psychotic breakdown. He schizophrenic. He tried to burn down their house, and he ends up in a mental institution. And it's Grace who Pip finds. Um, and the, when the book starts, we think she's murdered. Right? Um and then we find out later on that she was not murdered. She was attacked and she was drugged. Who did you guys think from the beginning who who did it? Well, I thought there were, like, I, I, I thought that there were too many red herrings, that there were a lot of red herrings. There were a lot. She created all of these male characters who were off just enough that you could, picture them being guilty and it, it seemed almost too obvious to me that they were all red herrings like I I knew that it couldn't be any of them because it was too obvious yeah you know when you look at the description I think even at the top of the book it says that she's like Leanne Moriarty and her books always have really good twists that you never see coming mm-hmm. and I kept thinking about that like Leo who's another dad he has three da- daughters who's are they're all named after plants what is it Fern Willow and is it catsnips? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was right. Um, <laughs> he's one of the, uh, and it, from the beginning, you kind of think it's him because he's a little bit creepy. Some of the of the scenes that she kind of sets him up with, like he's uh, maybe a little bit too close with some of the kids. Um, and so I thought it was him at the beginning, but you're right. I thought if she's like Leanne Moriarty, there's no way that it's going to be him. Right. And he does have a father who is staying with him at the time because he's had, um, He's had to have a hospital procedure, so he's staying with the family. And he has been known in the neighborhood for being um, a little handsy, a little too close. They um, call him the octopus. Right, right. Or puppy. <laughs> well, that's what his grandchildren call him puppy, which is weird. I feel like that might be a British term. I was Do wondering. You think for, I was wondering. Um, for grandpa oh. or something. like a, Instead of pawpaw. Puppy. Like <laughs> kitty cat. Poppy. I don't know. I think we've lost them. <laughs> All right. Um, um, so, Janine, did you? who do you think did it? Well, I agreed about the red herring, so I was trying to figure out who the biggest twist would be. So I assumed it was the old rabbit lady who... Oh, yeah. Ray? Ray. I remember when you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they were a little bit ahead of me, and I was um, telling Caroline about my 
my feeling that maybe it was Ray. And Ray's lived in the neighborhood a long time, and her balcony looks out over, and so she just witnesses all these kids running around. She's a god kind of, yeah. right? Oh, figure. right, right. And she, cause she's, hi- and she's high above, and she uh-huh. can see everything. Uh-huh. And she her goes permanent. to the park all the time with a rabbit and on a leash. It's and like a, a size of a dog rabbit. rabbit. Like it's like I assume, and they say what kind it is, but I imagined a hare. I've seen a really large, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. anyhow. Yes, I think so. And um, and then there, she also has a cat and a carrier that's with her too. But Pip befriends her, and she uh, walks her rabbit. Yeah, as as sort mm-hmm. of a a way of um, escaping yeah. from she all does. the other kids. Yeah. So let's talk about the kids. I think that's a good spot to go because a a lot of the book does revolve around the kids and their relationship, but also their relationship with their own parents and each other's parents. So there are several kids. We have the three kids, Leo and Adele's kids. We have Claire and uh, we have Pip and Grace who are Claire's um, daughters. Then we have Tyler, who is a girl and her mom. And then we have Dylan, a boy who has a half brother who has um, mentally mentally challenged and their mother and so all these kids kind of hang out in this communal area together right and Adele is the stay-at-home mom and she homeschools her three children Mm -hmm. and and all the other kids run in and out of her house the most yeah and um her children are very good friends with all of these people for you know almost since they were born right yeah feel like they all all of them except for pip and grace because they moved in that's that's kind of where we the book picks up is these kids are pip and grace are new and it upside upsets the dynamic of the group um because when what ends up happening is that dylan and tyler are very close and grace and dylan end up kind of they're 13 and they kind of end up being boyfriend and girlfriend and in the end it's that relationship that threw everybody out of whack and why in the end grace is going to be attacked Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I think maybe this is a good time for me to interject one of my main criticisms of the book, which is that um, everything that happens in the book seems to be caused by, t- and it's, the characters mostly are women. It's told mostly from female points of view, and everything that happens to them is um, because of a man. They The girls... And um, Claire have to move to this new place because their father has had this breakdown. And um, then it's, uh, what's the, Grace gets attacked because of Tyler's jealousy. Mm-hmm. Over um, a boy. Mm-hmm. Over a boy. And so that uh, there's a recurring theme in the book where all of these things are happening because of what the boys are doing or the girls concern for the yeah. boys. I mean, even Adele and Leo, because Leo grew up in this park, just like his kids are. And she's really worried about Leo. Like she's very concerned that he might've like, she even kind of thought mm-hmm. that he might be like his father. Um, the octopus. Yeah. Is his father. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then even too, you know, there was a girl that was killed years ago in the park, Phoebe, um, who was, Tyler's mom's sister was mm-hmm. killed, mm-hmm. and Adele throughout it kind of was thought that maybe he had done it, right? Because it's revealed to her um, that he dated her. He was eighteen, right, and yeah. she was thirteen. Yeah, it was weird. And so Adele is like, "Oh, my husband has done this kind of creepy thing." Yeah, and, and so, so 
you mentioned the Bechdel test. Yeah, it made me wonder about the Bechdel test, which is where um, a test you put on a, a work of fiction to see if um, two women or girls talk to each other about anything else than a man. And so I think that this book would probably pass the Bechdel test, but I think ultimately there's too much emphasis on girls' choices being made because of the men in their lives, mm-hmm. or boys in their lives. And some pretty poor choices, very poor choices made by the girls. Well, at one point, Claire, whose husband has had the breakdown, um, has a little too much to drink and um, has just gets very affectionate towards Leo. Leo is Adele's husband and is just so loving and everyone he's built up to be this great guy. With with maybe, you know, because it's a mystery, this idea that maybe he's sinister. But um, Claire basically throws herself at him. And at one point in front of her children says, he's going to be your new daddy now, yeah. which is terrible. Yeah, which is also one of the things that pushes Tyler over the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she um, has believed for a long time that Leo was her father and would certainly like to have a father like Leo. Mm-hmm. And um, has recently found out that her father is not is at all a like big Leo. loser, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that because uh, the the Bechtel test thing, it, it, all of that is um, is interesting to me. I, you know, if if um, so much of life is relationship, then um, how do you avoid how do you avoid talking about that? If so, like the. Ma- um, can I say like the majority of women would be having relationships with men mm-hmm. and so they would talk about men yeah. and, and is that you know is that a bad thing that that's a discussion for another day I think right and and I could be overemphasizing it but one of the things it what where it really struck me is a character um Grace knows that um Dylan likes her and wants to be her boyfriend and she knows that Tyler is jealous and that Tyler is treating her poorly because she is jealous and rather than take the high road or stand up to Tyler um, on principle what she ends up doing is standing up to Tyler and basically saying I win I, I, I've got my man or I won the man and that's that's when it really started mm-hmm. to bother me yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it's I mean all of that to say, um, that does not make it not. A, a, it was a very good page-turning book. The yeah. mystery was pretty good. Maybe a little disappointing in yeah. the end. Yeah, it popped in, it just popped <coughs> into my head when you just said that. That So, t- you know, Grace has just lost her father for all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Intents and purposes. I mean, for her, her father's gone. And so it is. it is, does seem as though she is clinging to a relationship with a boy, perhaps as some kind of you know stand-in mm-hmm. for a father she's just lost. Yeah, and she's even like that um, with Leo, and Claire is like that with Leo. So I think that's true. It's just you know, I guess with the Bechtel test and people putting that out there of the idea that girls finding their identity in, in a boy, and that being what makes them who they are. And when they lose that, what, you know, who do they turn to? And 
Well, that's one of the biggest things that bothered me about the book was that Claire, the mom of Pip and Grace, you know, her husband, whom she describes as having been very happy with Mm -hmm. until this breakdown of his sickness got worse, um, you know, he has this big incident where he burns her house down. He doesn't know if the kids are inside or not, and so she's really struggling with um, forgiving him for that and, and figuring out how he'll still be a part of their lives and but we never get to, we never really see her struggle. Mm-hmm. Instead, we just see her kind of avoid and deny. Mm-hmm. She won't, she won't go visit him when the hospital calls and asks her to come. Yeah. Um, you know, once she knows he's been released from the hospital, she won't, and she, she knows where he is, you know, but she doesn't deal with him. He's leaving presents for the girls, which I was impressed with her forgiving them. Yes. Like I was too. On the first one, I thought she was going to hide it and not give it to her. I did too. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised that she... I thought she maybe would give the gift, but not give the note. Uh huh. So, I mean, that was something. And so maybe that was supposed to help me, help us with that. But she, I just didn't like the fact. And then at the end, they just, you know, Grace is in the hospital. She calls the dad. She says, come back. He comes mm-hmm. back. And then it's kind of a happily ever after. Yeah. And I just find it that a, a very little neat ending. hard to believe. I almost thought, I, don't, I mean, I know this is a book for adults. Like, I kind of thought, maybe, is this more of a, I want to say young adult book because it did end very neatly, you know, mm-hmm. like there wasn't anything too complicated in the end. I mean, it was, com- it was a complicated ending and made me think and maybe really question some things like, um, like that, you know, how does that work? The fact that Grace and Dylan continued to date afterwards for months. Um, and Adele in the end takes in Tyler. So there was a bunch of, I don't know. In some ways, I kind of almost admired the happily ever after aspect of it. Or, you know, you read this book thinking that Grace is dead. You do, yes. Yeah. I was happy and surpri- happily surprised that she was alive. You get to the last third of the book, and and you see that she's just unconscious and, and may live. It's uncertain. And I remember when I got to that point thinking, of all the dark books that we've read, yeah. um, you know, the, the girl on the train and the... Um, Gone Girl. And Gone Girl. All of that. Are Sharp objects. So Big Little Eyes. They're so dark. They're so dark. And such grotesque, horrible things happen that I yeah. was... I mean, I feel like this book is in that vein, but but not as dark. It, yeah. It could have it could have been worse. That's a good... That's a really good point. Yeah. And so what is it that makes it different? I mean, obvious choices by the author, mm-hmm. but are the people different? Is there a... So there is... Tyler does what she does, but we really understand her, right, and the pain that she's in. I mean, she is, um, her mother's her not mother's around. Gone, her dad's yeah. been in jail. Her mom, she's raising herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she's is she's super neglected. I mean, surrounded by what she thinks are really happy families, yeah. which is another point I want you to talk about in a minute that you made yesterday. But, um, s- but ultimately, she is shown grace. Mm-hmm. Which, as Janine reminded us yesterday, <laughs> is the name of the character she yeah. hurts, mm-hmm. who in the end kind of doesn't press, want to quote press yeah. charges or whatever, and so she is shown grace, which enables there to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what I'm tra- where I'm trying to yeah, go with that, yeah. but because th- she's shown shown grace by Grace and by Adele, who's you know, but not only for Adele just with Tyler, but her three kids, who in the end, I mean, help Tyler attack her right so well at least two of them we don't know did willow help 
I don't know. I don't think so. I tried to look a little bit today, and, and it never says, but I've, I've read a couple of reviews that just said her girls helped her. It uh-huh. felt to me like the older girls. Like Pip and Willow, as the youngest children, mm-hmm. seemed to be a little bit different from their older siblings in some way. Um, but anyhow, uh, they are, I think this book has a lot to say about parenting and, and how how people parent and is it so in the end when Adele chooses not to let anyone know that her daughters and Tyler weren't involved in in hurting Grace is she being graceful and showing love and taking the bigger picture in mind and saying we I can save these children or is she sweeping things under the rug so that no one really heals and nothing really changes? And I think we don't really know the yeah, answer to that. Right. And I think we're supposed to muddle over Wonder it a about bit. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I know. What, I think I know what Drew would do. I think Drew would tell. Tell. I do. Well, that's like that. What was that book? Um, that came out a couple of years at the dinner party or something like that. It's a movie right now. You yes. read it, Holly. Um, Herman. Yeah. I can't remember who wrote it, but, and I did not read it, but I know it's at the theaters right now. And oh, that's what it was. And the dad did the man. It's and with the, the two sons mm-hmm. kill the homeless, they set kill somebody, fire. set her on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. I read that at the beach a few years ago and I remember not liking it very much. Be- I think because of, of that. Well, it made me think, too. I thought the same thing about Claire. I wondered the same thing about Claire. And, you know, she does not force Grace to report the incident and officially punish the perpetrators of this violent act, which bothered me at first. um, Because as a parent, if my child had been hurt like that, I mean, I think it would be my natural tendency to want the person to pay, Mm -hmm. you know. But Claire's so, I feel like she's so weak. But I think that's not, like, I think we're meant to wonder, is it weakness or is it wisdom? Mm -hmm. You know, is it, because I think about, like, my dad not wanting to punish the lady who drove the car that hit my mom in the accident. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that decision for a lot of years because I thought she should have been made to pay. Yeah. And my dad just comes from a very different place, or was coming from a de- very different place at the point where he's like, her paying does no one any good. She has children mm-hmm. she, who need her, and, you know, punishing her now doesn't bring your mother back. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. So I kind of related it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, some people would call that weakness, and I, for a lot of years, I thought it, I thought it was cowardly of him. Mm-hmm. But I think very differently now yeah. after a lot of therapy. <laughs> but but I think, like, and so I wonder, like, on the one, I thought at first, Claire, she, what a week. Like, how mm-hmm. could you do that and not? Well, I'm just even thinking about Claire, just the whole thing where she avoids her husband. Like, everything for her is denial, avoidance. Like, she does not want conflict. And if she made Grace do that, it would make Grace get into conflict and would make her, she'd have to be a part of that. So I guess I'm not th- like, I just thought as Claire as a whole, as somebody who avoids If Drew burnt your, burnt your house down, you would you would avoid him. You would be like, you are out. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel pretty strongly. Well, it's kind of like, it would be, what it would does... Be, it would be... But I don't know if I would... What good does confrontation do at that point? 
And so I think that gets to another big issue in the book where how, how much do you let a child make his or her own decisions? Uh-huh. Because Grace did not want to press charges, and Claire says that she's respecting that decision. Yes. Okay, do you respect the decision of a 13-year-old? Um, right. It is is something you um, you have to really think about. Just like Adele's parenting style is kind of free-form, you know, she lets her kids run and um, wear whatever they want and have their hair, th- they, they dye their hair or cut it off, and she thinks it's all splendid. And her, <laughs> that's a perfect word. <laughs> it is. And um, her father-in-law, of course, is like, what you need to do is like, be harsher. They and all talk- need a good spanking, <laughs> right? And he talks about that he is married to a woman in yeah. Africa. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, she has children from a previous relationship that he beats, that he <laughs> helps discipline. Yes, yep. and um, so it. It surely brings up, you know, what kind of people are you making? Because on the one hand, Gordon created Leo. And in the end, Leo is wonderful. He is. So, um, but is Leo wonderful because he was trying not to be like his dad? Spent a lot of time trying to not be his dad? And anyhow, so I I think all of that is is what we're supposed to be thinking about as we read this book. Um, and I know we're cl- needing to be finished with our podcast, but I just think my, the other big thing for me that spoke that spoke to me that's related is um, I felt like a lot of the characters in this book were struggling with who their parents were, understanding, you know, that little bit of that moment where you realize your parent is a real person um, and not perfect. And in fact, maybe the opposite of perfect, like really, really bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, what a struggle that must be to um, understand that your parent is half of who you are. Mm-hmm. From a child's perspective, especially like my, I am half of my parent mm-hmm. and my parent is a is evil or horrible or whatever. Mentally um, ill. Mentally ill. Mm-hmm. H- um, how much of that is me? It reminds me of that new John Mayer song. Have you heard it on the mm-hmm. radio? I'm not going to be able to think of the name of it. But he asks the question in the song, how much of my mother is in me? Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, that's all. What do you guys think about that? I just thought, I, s- I really saw them all struggling with that and thought how hard that must be. I'm very blessed to not feel that way about either one of my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, to look at a parent who is a very bad human mm-hmm. and reconcile that part of that parent that's in you yeah. must be hard. And it I think we see that with Tyler and with Leo. Tyler's mom being, I mean, really terrible, neglectful, and... Which is funny because she's a social worker. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then her mom was a headmaster of a school. Right, mm-hmm. Tyler's grandmother, and it's kind of they kind of. Am I right that there was kind of an illusion that she cared more about the school yes. and the kids mm-hmm. at school than she did about her own kid? Yeah. And even Ty- you know Tyler's mom's advice to her when she kind of said that she was having trouble with Dylan, what her mom said, make her pay, like about Grace. Her mom mm-hmm. said that to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for Tyler, you know, knowing that her mom is terrible, I mean, she became terrible through most of the book. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, I think a lot of it might be about um, 
what kind of children are we making by our nurture and what kind of people are we making by our nature? nature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well said. It's deep. Should we stop there? Did we pick a book? We didn't pick a book. Yeah, we did. Oh. Into the Water. Yeah. Um, oh. Caroline, she texted us that right. book the other day. The That's name right. of the book is Dip. Into the Water by Paula Haw Haw Hawkins. The girl on the train author. Oh, is that who It's that her is? new one. Okay. We're going back dark. I have a feeling. I'm I sure. Feeling. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Someone drinking. You sure that's what you guys want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. Yeah. Okay. So we're picking a couple of. I guess this summer we'll just pick some easy ones. But we do. We have talked about North Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. We might put that on our list at some point. Yes. But into the water by Paula Hawkins. We're gonna go go there next because we have a feeling that a lot of people want to read that. It's a good move into the summer book. It is. It yeah. is. So we'll do that one. Okay. Um. So yeah, something to think about, y'all. Our humanity and our parents. Mm -hmm. And the choices that we make about who we become. It's so hard every day. It's so really hard is. every day. And every day. just even as a parent, looking at your kid. It's so hard. Bless you all. Bless <laughs> all the parents. I know. It's a struggle. All right. The struggle is real. So thank you guys. Y'all check out Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Rate us. Review us. Five stars. Woo! Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.